Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the River Heights Buzz podcast. We're on episode 107 today. We're your hosts. I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. Today, we're talking about our last ghost story, <laughs> and that's titled The Greenhouse Ghost. Yes. So this book, I do not have an official description, but it's essentially talks about flowers and greenhouses. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's really any news stuff to bring up. No, not that I'm aware of. Other than it's November already, which is crazy. Yeah, which means birthday mm-hmm. month for me. Yep. <laughs> so, don't worry. I'm not saying your age. I don't want you to feel older than you than you are. <laughs> it's okay. Um, we were just talking about it before we started recording. Um, my body already makes me feel older than I am because it's so cold. I'm not kidding you. Like my joints, my elbows, my knees—they just ache because it's cold. Yeah. Like it sucks. You have that to look forward to. So. But let me tell you, it's not fun. Just from hearing it from you, it does not sound fun. Yeah, it's really not. Because, you know, obviously I sit most of the day at work. And so I had been sitting for a while. And I moved in my chair. And I was so stiff, like, from my hips down. It took me a second to actually be able to stand up. Oh, boy. Yeah. All righty. If you're ready, I'm ready. To I'm get ready. Started. Okay, let's go. <laughs> okay. This story starts out with Carson and Nancy talking about some house in the country. And Carson was talking about buying it for Nancy, which at first I thought was a joke. <laughs> but maybe it wasn't. I'm not 100% sure. But apparently... The house can't be bought until she solves the mystery of the greenhouse ghost. So a little bit of the backstory is apparently the prior now deceased owner of the house created a flower called a LaForge orchid. LaForge being his last name, which are popular. And he built a really good business around it, was pretty successful financially. Um, But eventually there were people that were vandalizing um, their property, some of their flowers and other things. And it caused his wife to have a sudden heart attack and die. And then he died shortly after. Um, Carson was made co-executor of the estate. And this guy's children want to sell the property, but they are afraid that a ghost is going to keep people from wanting to buy. So Nancy is all for going out there to figure out what's going on. Of course, Nancy, always the skeptic. I guess this is it, like with Nancy, obviously solving the case, it helps that Carson is one of the co-people part mm-hmm. of this house. So Nancy could be like, hey, dad, can I go check this out? And he could essentially grant her permission pretty well any time she would yep. want to go, which, yep. you know, doesn't always happen. No. So, yeah, she she definitely has a leg up on this one. Yeah. Nancy and Carson and Nancy's dog, Togo, jump into the car and they head uh, over to the house and they're talking about orchids. 
and how Mr. LaForge was working on how to grow deep blue orchids and was close to getting it done when he died. I guess that's not a naturally occurring color in those flowers. Um, and you know how Nancy Drew stories are. We always got to learn a little bit of backstory about something. It's always got to be educational in some way. They get to the house and it's huge. And the first person that they meet is a guy named Joe Hendricks who works there. And immediately Nancy wants to go see the greenhouse. And this guy hesitates and then says, oh, the ghost stuff isn't real, whatever. Like, acts really weird. And it's like he knows more than he's saying. Yeah, 100%. Like, you wouldn't have that kind of reaction if you weren't trying to cover something up or hide something. Yeah. It's very defensive. They eventually meet another worker there named Kiki, who is the assistant to Joe. And... um. Kiki tells them that they grow not just orchids, but also roses and lilies that are sold to local florists. So they're looking around in different areas and Nancy sees a room that has a sign that says no admittance. And she asks what it is. And it's a room for like an experimentation with these flowers, kind of stores that in the back of her mind and moves on. The four of them then go up to the main house and there's a grand staircase and I'm like picturing this in my head, you know, big staircase. To me, and it almost seems like this big mansion with yeah. like traditional, like, you know, greenhouse kind of attached towards the side or the back of the house. Yeah, you know? that's what I was thinking, too, because but it was weird because at first Carson made it seem like it was really small, like a real small out of the way place in the country. But then when they get there, it's really big. Yeah. They're all looking at the staircase when all of a sudden there's a figure dressed all in white carrying a tube with dark blue fluid in it. Which is weird. Very weird. So Joe and Kiki ran and just left Nancy and Carson there to fend for themselves against a See you later. Yeah. Like we're they not were sticking not around for this. <laughs> yes. What does Nancy do? But of course tries to take off after it. But before she realizes it, the figure disappears underneath the stairs. So clearly there's somewhere that someone can go underneath the stairs. So Nancy takes off after it and she opens the door and realizes that it's an entrance to a basement, but it doesn't seem like there's anything there. It's like real dusty. They look around together and no ghost in sight or person in sight for that matter. They explore around a little bit in the basement and it seems to be a sunless greenhouse. So they went back up to check the blue liquid and it was sticky, almost like a glue. So Nancy wonders if there's like some kind of sap mixed with dye to make that color. So Nancy then went up the grand staircase and she ended up finding bottles with liquid, but none of them were dark blue. So she looked around on the desk and she found a card that said formula for blue. And then she found a lab that had lots of equipment that looked like it had been used recently. So not like the basement, which was dusty. Yeah. Somebody's been in the house doing something. Yeah. Nancy, of course, right down to business, thinks that this ghost routine is used to scare people away that might be interested in purchasing the property and that it's actually a real person. And then that person took off when whoever they were realized that they weren't scaring Nancy and Carson away. So Nancy took pictures of the formula since it was too difficult to remember when she all of a sudden heard something behind her and it was Joe. 
from earlier. He tried to reach out for her camera. Why would you do that? Unless you're hiding something. Unless you're hiding something. So Nancy takes off and she finds Carson and tells him what happened. And then we learn from Carson how Kiki's wife had gotten some of the money from the estate left to her because she had worked for this LaForge guy as a secretary. And it ended up being more than Joe Hendricks got. And he was mad about that. And apparently Joe's wife didn't get anything, which I don't know why he would be mad about that. Like if his wife didn't work for this guy, like why would he expect his wife to be left something in the estate? Yeah. Like Kiki's wife worked for this guy. So that kind of makes sense. So don't yeah. really get the angle there. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you expect something from somebody for nothing? That, for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't get all in a huff about it when you didn't do squat. Exactly. So. <laughs> Very weird reaction to have. Yeah. Nancy then went back upstairs to the lab and Joe had taken off. So she starts searching around on that desk again and she found a white wig. Nancy looked in it and from the serial number realized it was from the Lomax Beauty Salon in River Heights. Nancy came back downstairs to her dad told him what she had learned and they decided to head to the salon try to figure out some information they get there and nancy asks about the wig and said that she had seen it backstage at a theater production and just wanted to find out some information if she could have one similarly made if she could rent one something to that effect the woman who was working there pulled the information out and nancy was able to make out the name on the card and it said hendrix yeah. So the ghost must be his wife. Yeah. So Nancy then left the shop and asked Carson if Bess and George could come to the house. And he said yes, but to be careful, of course. So she calls the girls and tells them what's going on. And of course, Bess is reluctant at first, but doesn't want to be ultimately called a chicken. So she decides she's going to go with them. They head to the house and they have dinner and they're hanging out watching tv and after a while there's a loud screeching sound but it turns out to just be a cat <laughs> <laughs> girls didn't think anything about it went back to watching tv and then a front window shutter slammed which gets their attention so nancy goes to look out the window and she sees the ghost dancing Ooh. on the front lawn very strange what does nancy do Runs after the ghost, of course. What else would you expect her to do? I mean, nothing less than that. <laughs> you know, Nancy, she's going to get to the bottom of it, no matter what it is. Yeah. She's running after this ghost, who then in turn runs towards the big greenhouse and locks the door behind her. Uh-huh. So Nancy then runs to a shed that apparently connects to it. But by the time she got in to where the ghost was, she was gone. Nancy retraced her steps to where she had found the wig earlier and she found it again and she touched it and it was still warm. So Which clearly that was what the ghost was wearing. Yeah. Then a woman comes in in like a dressing gown and wouldn't say who she was, but told Nancy that she had to leave. Like, so weird. Like, first of all, you should be saying, hello, how are you? Who? And then introduce each other. Yeah. Instead of being like, you need to leave. Yeah. 
Like, what so, are you doing here? So weird. She then shoves Nancy out and locks the door. And then Bess and George come up because they heard all the commotion. And so Nancy then picked up the phone in the hall. And a voice answers and says, yes, Mrs. Hendricks. So now we have confirmation that it's Joe's wife that we're dealing with. So Nancy, thinking on her feet, plays along. And he, whoever this guy is on the other line, said that he was ready to meet her husband's offer. Said his name was Smith, with a Y, from Eastville. Nancy then hung up and called Carson and told him everything that she could. Question. Yeah. Had the Smith guy talked to Mrs. Hendricks before, you think? I mean, I would assume so. So, you know, it doesn't say if Nancy kind of like pitched her voice or changed her voice in some way. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, back whenever this was supposed to be, maybe the phones weren't as good. So it wasn't as easy to determine who someone was. That was going to be my question. Like, if you obviously, like, that's a good point. You don't know, like, how the phone sounded back then. Yeah. But if it was easy to tell, like, who you were talking to, how could he not tell it was Mrs. Hendricks? Yeah, because, I mean, I know that these these books were written, you know, later on down the line of Nancy Drew books, but it never really specifies, like, a specific time frame. And, I mean... You know as well as I know, phones are constantly changing. Things are always, you know, getting updated. And, I mean, God, I remember my mom telling me stories of when she was a kid, how they had what was called a party line, where it was multiple people that shared a phone number, and you had to take turns. Yeah. So we don't know if maybe that's this kind of situation or, or what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that could be one way to, you know, answer that plot hole. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but either way uh the next morning carson drove out to the house and told the girls that that ed smith guy who was on the phone was president of something called eastville greenhouses which is a large wholesale florist and a major rival of laforge looks like hendrix is trying to sell this secret dye formula um, so Carson says that he'll go talk to Smith and for Nancy to keep investigating at the house. So the girls decide that they want to go and talk to Kiki and see if they can get any information from him. And so Nancy asks if he's ever used any of the formulas to change flower colors. And he says no. And they then go into the no admittance room. And it's like we said, an experimentation room where they can, you know, mess with the temperatures and do different experiments to see what works growing wise and what doesn't, I guess. And so Nancy's kind of working with some of the liquids that are there, but she doesn't get the dark blue color. When all of a sudden a woman comes in, so the girls try to warn Nancy and they're all rushing towards that room and the woman said George couldn't go in there, but George, of course, ignores her. And, of course, this woman is Mrs. Hendricks. She changes the temperature in the room to freezing, and she locks it. And apparently it won't change the temperature until 12 hours later. So I was confused by this part. Like, so George was going to the room. Like, I thought that George actually went in and then ended up getting stuck with Nancy and Kiki. That's what I thought at first, too, but it doesn't seem that way. It almost seems like 
um, Mrs. Hendricks cut George off. Mm-hmm. So then George was, like, stuck out in the main room with Bess. Yeah. That's, like, how it was worded and stuff. So yeah. that, was, that part confused me. Yeah. And so also my question is, so does this room only lock from the outside? You can't lock unlock from the inside? Yeah. Like, how could you not open it from the inside? It should work both ways, I would think. Unless yeah. it's, like, I remember seeing or like reading about something that houses back then like some older houses they only had the ability if you had a main key to lock it from the outside and you can get it open from the inside mm-hmm. so maybe that could be the case for this house maybe who knows yeah that that part was a little fuzzy for me when i was reading it because mm-hmm. I, I was kind of like you i thought that george had made it into the room and then was then stuck in there with Nancy and Kiki, but I don't think so. That didn't seem like how it was worded. Yeah. So. Yeah. George was out with Bess and <laughs> figuring that out. Yeah. Eventually, Nancy and Kiki are able to come out of the room cold, but okay. So the girls leave with a plan to return later that night. And so she takes the girls home Nancy goes back to that uh, salon and she rents the wig that's kind of similar to Mrs. Hendrix's wig and she gets her outfit ready and she and the girls drive back out to the house and the ghost is out again with the dark blue liquid and Nancy then plans her entrance and she startles the other ghost and she takes off into the house where Bess and George are able to corner her. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Hendricks can't believe that the girls recognize her, which I'm like, girl, like you're dressed as a ghost. Like this is not some like elaborate mask or anything that you're wearing that would really disguise yourself. Like I'm picturing just literally all white, but your face is still going to look the same. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really not that surprising that they know who you are. Yeah. Especially because they met you earlier that afternoon. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> Use your brain. Yeah. She tries to tell them that uh, Mr. LaForge had given her the formula. We know that's not true because they don't even know the full formula. And then Kiki comes in and tells Nancy that he figured out the formula and was able to recreate the dark blue dye. And apparently all is well. And that's really kind of how the story ends, which is weird because it doesn't have like a definite ending. Yeah. It kind of just leaves it that now this guy has figured out the formula and I guess he's a good guy. I mean, yeah. I guess it's really kind of open to interpretation. Cause it almost seems like obviously the Hendricks are like the bad guys in mm-hmm. quotes, but it's like, we don't really hear much or know about Kiki and his wife yeah. and their whole thing into the LaForge business. So like we had no idea if he was actually bad or not. Yeah. You know? So. so in my head, I'm going to say he's a good guy and he's going to use this information for good and make money the right way. And then this guy's kids can sell the property and everybody's happy. And who knows? Nancy could have ended up if it was for sale. Nancy could have bought it or Carson could have bought it for her. Yeah. I don't know about like the cover of the book that you read for the ghost stories but on mine it shows 
Mrs. Hendricks in her white ghost outfit. Really? Yes. I don't think that's what mine shows because you know me, I read uh, on my Kindle app. Let me... And it also shows... Um, I think oh, yeah, I guess it does. I never... And I it also shows... Realized it. Like that? No. I have that one. I think I have that one too, but mine is like this one. Oh, creepy. And then there's also the ghost dogs. Yeah. And then you remember the first one with like the professor at the university? Yeah. And the, the blackish gray cape? Yeah. Yeah, mine doesn't have that. Mine just has like the ghost from the last one. Six bone chilling tales of mystery and terror. Yeah. Oh, um, and just saying, we, I ended up finding the second ghost story, in, in case I didn't mention that before in a different episode. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I ended up ordering two, and I sent one to Candace. <laughs> Actually, I thought it was over here. I thought, I thought. And the funny thing is, it's actually an early birthday present for Candace. Yes, it, it is. Even though I, it, you got it, like, almost a month before your birthday, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Yay. Yay. So, yeah, we'll be diving into this, I guess, next October. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm probably not going to be able to wait that long. That's okay. But, you know, looking forward to that. That will be in the future <laughs> for us. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's all I have for this story. Pretty much all the notes that I have. Do you have a ghost story of your own for us? I do. And it kind of fits the theme of this a little bit. Um, I'm going to tell you about a pretty well-known cemetery located in Louisville. It's called Cave Hill Cemetery, and it's got, like, lots of flowering trees and things like that like it's a place that people go to visit like even if they don't necessarily know anybody buried there just because of the history of it and the architecture it's a 296 acre victorian era national cemetery um it's listed on the national register of historic places and was put on that list in 1979 um, it also contains military graves, which put it on a different a different national register in 1998. Um, so a little bit of the background of it. Uh, it was chartered in 1848 on what was William Johnston's Cave Hill Farm, which was then a rural property some distance east of Louisville. Uh, Johnston passed away in 1798, and he had built the first brick house in Louisville on the grounds circa 1788. City officials had purchased part of the land in the 1830s in anticipation of building a railroad through it and a workhouse. Um, the railroad actually ended up being built somewhere else, so the land was leased to local farmers. Um, in 1846, Mayor Frederick Kay began investigating the possibility of developing a rural or garden-style cemetery on the grounds, which was a popular concept at that time. After administrators sold several acres of land for the burial of Union soldiers during the Civil War, local Confederate supporters purchased land nearby as well. The grounds were expanded and remapped in 1888 to their modern size of nearly 300 acres. 
Um, the entrance lodge and main gates were designed by Louisville architect William H. Redden in 1880 in the style of Italian Renaissance revival. So it's like really fancy looking. As of 2002, there were about 120,000 people buried there with space remaining for approximately 22,000 more graves. Um, more than 200 Confederate soldiers are buried in Section O of the cemetery, with 30 to 40 buried in a row near the National Cemetery section. Portrait painter and cousin of Mark Twain, Mary Ann Tip Saunders, is buried there in uh, 1922. Sisters Patty Hill and Mildred J. Hill, which are, were the composers of the Happy Birthday song, are buried there. Um, Muhammad Ali, boxing champion, born in Louisville, was buried there in 2016. Um, the founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC, Colonel Sanders, he's buried there. Lots of um, celebrities. <laughs> there, there's some celebrities that are there. Uh, George Rogers Clark, which was one of the um, relatives of Lewis and Clark Explorers, is buried there. Um, I think there's even a past president buried there. There's one gravesite in particular. I've been here before, and there's one grave in particular that's kind of creepy. It's a guy who was a magician, and his gravestone is actually like a life-size stone of himself performing a magic trick. What? And it's it's kind of creepy. I'll send you a picture of it. His name was Harry L. Collins, and he was Louisville's most popular magician in his day. And his mystical gravesite is located in Section 33 at the end of the main road. His life-size monument plays homage to the Frito-Lay magician who was both talented at tricks and corn chips. He sold, he was a, like a salesman for Frito-Lay brand. Julian Proctor Van Winkle, better known as Pappy Van Winkle, um, was a master distiller in bourbon. He isn't the only distiller that is buried in Cave Hill, but he's perhaps the most notable. He's responsible for the cult-like following of his namesake bourbon. Um, he died in 1965 at the age of 89 and at the time was the oldest active distiller. Some of the things that have been known to happen there are claims of green orbs that can be seen floating in the cemetery at night. And there is an old tale regarding a mysterious woman who appears at dusk tending to the children in the cemetery. There's actually a really, it's really sad and it's creepy at the same time, but there's like a whole section of children's graves in the mm -hmm. cemetery. And so apparently that's where she's seen, like taking care of the graves, I guess. I know that there are people that have like caught recordings of things, like voices where there shouldn't be voices. So I don't know. I've never been there at night, so I don't I don't have any personal stories of it. But with it being so big, I don't know how I would feel going there at night <laughs> with over 120,000 graves, you know. But it definitely is something um, if you're not creeped out by cemeteries, it's definitely something to check out if you're in the area just because the architecture of it is so beautiful and, it, and it's so different. Yeah, a lot of notable names there and um it, it's very pretty like when the leaves are changing colors and stuff yeah cool <laughs> i have some jokes now <laughs> ready what do you call two witches sharing an apartment broommates uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Owl. Owl who? Correct. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> when do cows turn into werewolves? I don't know. During a full moon. I should have known. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> what is a skeleton called who doesn't work? Lazy bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't the vampire attack Taylor Swift? I don't know. Because she had bad blood. Oh my gosh. You know, one of her songs is Bad Blood. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, I know. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. And, you know, that could be controversial. I don't know. Are you? Do you like her music? I'm not a huge fan. Either. No, it's not my kind of music at all. Um, but my best friend from college is a fan of hers. And she got tickets to go and see her next November. And she's dragging me along with her. And it's like a three-hour concert. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't complain because I know that there are thousands of people that wanted tickets and wanted to go and couldn't. But it's like, she is not my first choice of people to see. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm in the same boat. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's kind of an unpopular opinion, though. I feel like most people really like her and her music and stuff. And it's just... like Don't get me wrong, she is a talented musician. I will give her that. Yeah. But it's just, you know... I'm just not a huge fan. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can appreciate someone who has, you know, written good music, performs good music, things like that, and still not necessarily be a fan of theirs. Yeah. But I can recognize that she does have, she clearly has talent. Like, you know, I mean, how much money has her tour made? Like, millions and millions and millions that they made, you know, a whole movie of it. Yeah. You know, so she's clearly doing something right, but... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I do have a few more. Okay. What kinds of pants do ghosts wear? Boo jeans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is a vampire's favorite fruit? Ooh. Favorite fruit. <laughs> I don't know. A nectarine. Uh, That's a good one. My last one. What do witches put on their hair? I don't know. Scare spray. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So that's just something fun to end it on. Yep. All right. What is happening next week, Candace? Next week, we will be diving into a game. Game number 31, Labyrinth of Lies. Not necessarily my favorite one, but not bad at the same time. Um, we'll get into it. And we also have a special guest joining us. Yes, we do. And I will say we've already recorded that episode. Yeah. So... Hopefully you all enjoy it. 
Yeah, I mean, as you all listeners know, we don't do things necessarily in order. We mix it up, especially when we have other people involved. We try to work around other people's schedules more so than our own. So sometimes we have to film things out of order, and this is one of those times. Labyrinth of Lies is the second to last game that we're going to be talking about this year. Yes. So, and, uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Yep. Just wait and listen to next week's episode. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. You can find us on Instagram at River Heights Buzz. You can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, the River Heights Buzz Podcast Central Buzz. And you can follow us on Twitter at River Heights Buzz with just one Z. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to keep an eye out for our next episode.